handsome contest. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Guys Who Talk About Sports. This is episode 27, and as always, we have a ton on the plate today. We're going to go over the March Madness games over the weekend and possibly discuss the ones that are currently going on right now while we're recording. we got some NHL talk and opening day coming around the corner, too, so Steve will bring us some baseball news. Uh, possible schmuck of the week. Nothing set in stone right now, but we'll see what happens as we're talking and conversating. Last week, we had like 40, so, I mean, that kind of covers us for the foreseeable future. And Big G's Betting Bonanza, we have some big news. The third-party consulting firm finally crunched those numbers, got them to us this morning. So we got a big update for you on that. That'll be some riveting podcasting for you. And some possible NBA signings that had occurred over the past week or so since we last recorded. As always, shout-out to Anchor. We love our partnership with Anchor. We have a stronger bond with Anchor than Baker Mayfield has making commercials, and we're just going to keep that going. And now... Forget about it. Weezy out of here. Weezy out of here. Worth a couple hundred mil, no thousand. This bitch wanna fuck me, but I charge by the towel. With my neck and my wrist in the shower. Like, how the fuck you growing up in baby say you childish? I just bought my young bitch up watching, now she wildin'. Styling, profiling, you bitches can't devour. And I'm Cliffle Dollar smiling. We somewhere on the island, vibing. Balls smell like powder. Fuck it, take it to trial. Take this shit to motherfucking 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 trial, yeah. Let's get started. Well, guys, to start it off, March Madness this weekend was pretty uneventful. What would you say? Besides the UCLA game, that late buzzer beater Sunday night, which was how many people were even awake for that? Because I was teetering. I was teetering, and that woke me up. It's crazy. Alabama blew it, though, after that OT. They just got absolutely outmatched. I feel like they sort of peaked when he hit that three and then UCLA sort of like got their shit together and Alabama was like, all right, you know, let's, let's keep celebrating. But yeah, too bad that that didn't end better for Alabama, but UCLA is a cool story. Yeah. They really kind of dragged, they got very lucky kind of hitting that shot and sending it to overtime in the first place, I think would have served better if it was a game winner, but. UCLA should have fouled. Were they trying to? It was like four seconds left. That's what the announcer was saying. The the coach, his philosophy is usually to foul in that situation if you're up up three, you know, to send him to the line. So that was interesting. But having someone on the other hand by the name of Tiger, that's got to make it tough to win, though. You know, dude is a bucket, probably the best hair in the in March Madness so far, and he's been playing very very well. You know, he was kind of a joke at first, but no respect to the man. We should really work this segment in. I want to talk more about more basketball and football schools, though. I mean, I don't have any on off the top of my head besides I think we talked about Oregon last week, but we should definitely work that in and talk about that in the future because that's there's some good stuff right there. Yeah, I think so, see too. more of a basketball school now? Maybe Iowa? I don't know. Wisconsin? Wisconsin? Mmm, Wisconsin? Uh, I mean... I think Ohio State's tough to beat, though. I think that's still, even though they yeah. lost to uh, Oral Bobs. Oral Bobs was pretty good. Houston, Houston has a pretty good football team. Re- very recently, though. Yeah, they're they're a recent success. Shout out Derek Carr. Oh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum wasn't Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr went to Fresno State. No, Derek Carr went to Fresno State. Yeah, that's where uh, David Carr went to. So did. Uh... Um, playoff P. Really? Oh, that's right. He did go to Fresno State. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about football and basketball school. Devontae Adams went to Fresno State. Did he? No shit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at Fresno. Wow. You know what? You know what? We got to stop doing this because I want to do this as a segment one of these days to uh, <laughs> give give you guys give you guys uh, players in the NFL. 
where did so-and-so go to college there's a game currently going on uh as we are recording it is the gonzaga usc game and actually maybe that will be the special little uh update we have for you maybe we can uh have the guys talk about sports live stream this forum and give it a little bit of commentary maybe give us a halftime update um see where it's at but um yeah keep in tune for that but who do you guys got uh, i think we were talking gonzaga usc i think a lot of us took gonzaga i think somebody took usc but I actually took money line for the Trojans. I just want to say it plus three twenty. Didn't hate it. Um, so, yeah, I took uh, I took Gonzaga first half spread. So we'll we'll see how they come out. My entire March Madness bracket in the guys who talk about sports pool is riding on Gonzaga winning. So I'm Gonzaga all the way. You're going down, Brent. Fuck you, Tony. You mean nothing to me, bro. Who did you pick? Michigan? Ha. I laugh. We'll see. We'll see. Michigan's going to win it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, no, I'm taking uh, Gonzaga here. Uh, wait. Speaking of Gonzaga, Steve, when are we getting that fish? So, uh, update on that. I already sort of hinted Brent on this a little bit, but I am now a fish guy. I'm actually going to get a fish, and I'm going to keep it as long as it lives. I mean, I'm – I'm going full-fledged, balls to the wall. I'm getting a betta fish. Already started researching it. Um, looking up different tank setups and all that. So, I mean, you know, funny bet. Ha-ha, Steven has to get a fish. Well, guess what? Steven's happy. He's more than happy to get a fish. And he's going to love it. He's going to love that fish. That's how you do a nice little spin zone on it, Steve. I like, mm-hmm. I like your attitude. You know, if you can't change the situation, you change your mindset. Before you know it, you're going to be at Petco spending like $300 just buying everything for that goddamn fish. Already have. Steve actually met me at Petco yesterday after work, and we were looking around at the fish, and he just looks at me and he goes, I don't like any of these options. I want something better. And I'm like, look at you, Steve. (laughs) They were so lame. They were all like uh, like a centimeter wide, and they were like schools of fish too that cost like 10 cents per fish. So it's like you get like 10 of them for a dollar and I don't know. They just, they weren't popping off the page. They're all like this like weird, like gray color. It was, it was honestly nothing against PetSmart, but it was a really depressing. Nothing in the, in the, you know, in the pro day impressed the scouts, you know, enough to take them high enough in the, you know, the first round. So you had to, you know, resort to another pro day and, you know, you see what you can get and that's what's going to come pay dividends in this fish's life. I, uh, I do want to, I do want to chastise Brent for taking you there because Petco is definitely much better. And I, I know Brent knows that. So I'm a little disappointed. You know, I was on my way home from work. There's not much I could do about it. Steve, you were saying something? I was just saying the, the only fish that really stuck out was the, was the beta fish. And I got, I got to be honest, it, it might have been the humanitarian in me. But seeing them trapped in those little Tupperware yeah, boxes. they had them on display. Honestly, it was a little, little bit of animal cruelty over there. You know, they just kind of had them propped up. Little ass space right there. Also, you're absolutely right, Steve. The employees there didn't really help help you out too much, bro. Because we went up to ask them some questions like, which fish go well with the others? And that bitch had no clue. She's just like... No idea. Um, <laughs> she was like, a bullshit. We have no Are you clue. asking me, the person that works here? In the fish aisle? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> expect you to know a little bit about the fish. Oh, that that one guy came out and he was like, "Oh, it's all the fish down there." But yeah, I mean, he knew he he knew his shit. You could tell he knew his shit. He was a savant limited. of the fish game. Yeah. So moving into the next segment, we will be talking about um, the NHL here. Uh, you know, the Capitals' hometown team have been on an absolute tear in their last ten. They are nine and one. Alexander Ovechkin has had. I believe, 10 goals in the past 11 games. He is um, absolutely on fire. Uh, Evgeny Kutetsov has also picked up this pace with, um, I think uh, I think he had four points in the past two games, so look forward to him having a big game against the Rangers tonight. Things are tightening up um, towards the end here. Uh, the season, or because of the conferences, have less, you know, or have more teams, and there's less conferences, there's going to be a lot more people going into the playoffs, so keep your eyes away for that. Um, I unfortunately had a bet for the Stars to win the the West Conference or the Central, whichever one they're in. They are not going to do that. They are not performing well. 
Um, they're second to last in their conference. It's really upsetting. Um, but Joe, what um what other powerhouse team are you looking for uh, to come out of the playoffs? Um, I mean, the Bruins right now are, are playing pretty well. Um, they're at the top of the East as well. The Islanders have been playing well. Um, the Rangers have been making a comeback. It's definitely interesting how they're doing the playoffs this year. It's like the top four teams. And I was about to say it's a little bit different. So yeah. Yeah, so the Caps are, are hopefully going to win their division because I do have a nice little future Yeah, I on do that. too. But uh, <laughs> we'll, 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 see, we'll see what else happens. Zach, I got a question for you. What's up? What's, what happened to the Flyers? Because the Rangers have donkey-stomped them several times this year, and they just seem to – didn't they start the season out strong? Yes, they did. They started out very strong. Ever since the, the All-Star break, they've been absolutely sliding. Um they have had very consistent goalie play and especially <clears throat> this back half of the season, there's a lot of games to be played. So there are a lot of back to backs. So you're going to have to play a lot of your twos. Um, and Jake Elliott, has just been getting absolutely lit up. I mean, we're talking his GAA has got to be upwards of like over five. I mean, every single game he's played has been pretty terrible. Um, so especially if you're the starter and having to play nights that you're not supposed to coming in relief, that, that sucks. You never want to do that. And I think that's demoralizing for a team. And they're too young right now really to, to really have enough momentum to carry th- throughout the season. So I think they could come on strong, maybe sneak their way into the playoffs. But as Tony mentioned, only four teams of the conference make it. Again, it's going to be really tight. The teams are, you know, the conference are very top heavy. There's a lot. I think there's like four teams separated by like four points right now. Um, so it's going to be tight towards the end here. Looking forward to it. The uh, the race in the north is really, really tight. Uh, I got the Maple Leafs, the Jets, and the Oilers all at 22 wins, um, all teetering around 46 points. Uh, so things are getting tight out there. But, Zach, you're definitely right about the uh, the central division with the Stars. They are not looking hard. They are not. Um, Who's uh, who's the worst? Who's I the mean, worst team in? The, oh, that is. I'm so glad that we brought that up, Joe. This is news for everybody and everybody that is a sports fan. The uh, Buffalo Sabers have now tied the longest losing streak in NHL, NHL history, single season, at 18 games. Um, they are going for 19 probably tonight or tomorrow. I'm not sure what it is, but they lost. No, they've lost numerous times in overtime. Um, they actually tied the 2004-2005 Pittsburgh Penguins with the 18-game losing streak. So um, oh, good the Buffalo God. Sabres are what you call a dumpster fire of an organization, uh, NHL style. One of their players, their star player, Sergio, Taylor Hall said in an uh, interview, glad I only have to be here for one year in this shit hole. Like, it's terrible. Oof. They, uh, they play the Flyers tomorrow, I just checked, so... That is on March 31st for everyone who is listening to this. But hopefully they uh, they break that streak. That's definitely disappointing. This is a song from the 80s. The decade which it currently is. And we're back. Welcome back to the guys who talk about sports. We just had to pause the podcast because we just saw some crazy shit. I looked over to the left, and the ref is down on the ground in the USC Gonzaga game. We're waiting to see what happened because I have no idea. They brought the stretcher over. I mean, this is bonkers. What's going on? I've been watching, and they brought the stretcher out. They went to commercial. They came back, and they showed him, and then they went back to commercial. So I, I have no, uh, no clue what's going on currently, but we'll see. He, he must have gotten, like, hit or run over or something. I don't know. This is nuts. He he his legs weren't moving at all. I don't know if he's knocked unconscious. I don't know what the hell just happened. Holy shit. Well, now is a good time as any. We're going to dial it back real quick and talk about the standings for the guys who talk about sports. March Madness pool right now in first place. This was this is right before the USC Gonzaga game, okay? On March 30th, 2021. In first place, we have ESPN 237691931. I don't know who the hell you are, ESPN 237691, blah, 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 but go fuck yourself. This person picked Houston to win. Coming out of the rafters, they have a max of uh, 1110 and a total of 630. I, myself, the Mojo Man, am in second place. I pick Gonzaga to win. We got Jack attacking third, and Tony sitting all the way down in fourth. 
What was that, Tony, you were saying about Michigan winning? Hey there. If Michigan wins, guess who's winning? Michigan? No, <laughs> boy. You think Jawan Howard's going to channel the, the Fab Five? I mean, I only have less point, less max points than Jack. So I have like 50 more max points than you. That's all I'm going to say. As of right now. I think the person with the most max points is actually Matt. Matt's way down in 10th place. He's got Baylor to win, and he's got a max of 13-10, which Baylor, I mean, if if we're talking about all the teams that are left, well, who would you guys say has the, the most legitimate chance? I mean, probably Gonzaga and Michigan, right? Or would you put Baylor up there? Who do you guys think from this point on? Uh, I really think that Michigan has the best chance. I mean, they've been playing very sound basketball, and I picked them in my family bracket so and i gotta win that how are you doing in that bracket joe because you weren't doing that well before um i was last place and now i am not but i've still got gonzaga no i still have uh baylor and michigan in so i can still get some points and i was the only one who picked michigan too so very important that michigan wins oh they they got the gonzaga game back going yeah the ref uh the ref gave the thumbs up on his way out so good oh good well, that is good to hear. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you, definitely. Fuck you, Brent. Um, I think Michigan's going to take it to the house, so let's get it. Is Livers back? Wasn't he out? I do not believe he's back, no. I think I think mm. he's out for uh, the rest of the tourney. What happened to him? Ankle injury? Uh, double che- mm. Double checking now. Dude, that white dude with the handlebar mustache on Gonzaga is so cool. He's <laughs> my idol. Timmy. It says foot injury. Foot injury? But yeah, he's definitely out the rest of the tournament. That's tough. Yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot. Guys, Steve said before that USC has become more of a basketball school than a football school, and I can't agree more. What do you guys think off the top of your head are some other schools that have transitioned from more football to basketball? I think Michigan's definitely one. We were talking about that last week. Um, I think that Auburn is one. Um, they, I mean, they've had a very storied tradition in football, but I think that their their basketball is definitely just uh, the sport that's been doing well for them. Uh, they're so up and down nowadays in football. You know, I I just I can't really call them a football school with their basketball team doing so well. It's it's real hard with the SEC in football, especially when you're not as dominant as Alabama. I feel like you see a lot of teams kind of go up and down. It's hard to maintain that that top dog status for a long time. I mean, look at Georgia. But you're absolutely right. That was a great school to point out because they had that deep run in March Madness two years ago. Uh, did they make the final four? I think it was the final four. And they yeah, got that, something like that. They got that one good coach. I don't know. I can't remember his name right now, but that's definitely a good one. Baylor? Oh, absolutely. You think so? I, I, I absolutely think they've been going for, like, I don't really think of them as a football school. I think of them more as a you know, basketball school. Yeah. Uh, unless, unless it was the years of RG3, their football team really hasn't been – too much to write home about. Yeah, when Art Bryles was paying a ton of players to go there, they were definitely really good. And then they, I think they had a bunch of sexual assault stuff coming out too. So they had a whole boatload of trouble that just kind of made them become uh, non-existent in the football world. A little undesirable, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Moving on into our next segment, we got opening day right around the corner. And also around the corner is Steve coming right at you with some baseball news. What do you got, Steve? What do you got on the plate for us? Well, I figured we haven't talked really baseball yet. And with opening day coming right around the corner for all the baseball fans out there listening to this, uh, maybe we should just run through projected standings, uh, you know, to see how the year is going to end up um, or at least what they're projecting mm-hmm. and just talk about that. So there's this site called, um, I guess it's like a, a simulation called Pacota, P-E-C-O-T-A. And they basically just do like a ton of simulations, like how the year is going to play out. And then they put these standings in like mock standings. Um, Let's address the NLEs first, since all of our teams are in there, the Mets and the Nationals. Uh, I don't know how much booze Pakoda had before they made these standings, but they actually have the Nationals finishing second behind the Mets. Um, 
and they have Atlanta what? finishing. Fourth. Say that again. Say that again. Well, I, I'm not. I'm not too surprised about the Mets thing. Like saying that the Mets are going to win the NL East, that's not very surprising. Yes, but saying it is. that the Nationals are going to get second is pretty surprising. What about the Braves? The saying Braves are it, always Atlanta, good. Yeah, the Braves are. The Braves haven't. They've won like four straight division titles, and they disrespected the fuck out of them, saying that they're going to get fourth in the NL East this year. <laughs> Since I've been watching baseball, the Braves are always good. Always good. Check yourself, Pakoda. That's a bold take. Um, Miami finishing last in the division, obviously. Um, but it's going to be a packed division. At least is probably the most competitive and stacked division in baseball. You got ace staffs, top to bottom, pretty much. New York's got just a ton of studs that from like DeGrom. I think Syndergaard's out for the whole year, actually. So they're probably a little bit hurt. Nationals pitching staff is ridiculous. They're getting a little old. Philly's got some guys. Atlanta just signed some dudes. Miami's got a ton of young studs. So, yeah, NL East should be pretty good. AL East, they're projecting the Yankees to finish with 100 wins. And then Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston, and Baltimore, basically, they're shitting on Baltimore. No surprise there. That's fair. Yeah, it's pretty fair. The Central Divisions, AL and NL, are both going to be pretty shitty this year, aside from maybe Minnesota. Other than that, I mean, no real news there, though. Pittsburgh is ass. Detroit's ass. St. Louis got Nolan Arenado, which is kind of cool. But aside from that, not really much going on there. And then the West, the Angels, of course, got Mike Trout. That's something to keep an eye on. They got a ton of studs there, but not really much depth. They got, like, three guys. I think Poolhose is still getting paid, like, $30 million to play for them that year or this year, Jesus and he's, like, 42. Christ. That man is getting a ton of cash. So the Angels could be a cool team to watch. They got Otani there, too, a guy that pitches and hits for power. Seattle's got a ton of young studs. The Astros, everyone hates the Astros, so. Mm. Oh, man. Hey, 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 Cheaters. And then the NL West probably has the best two teams in the MLB in the Dodgers and the Padres. Padres had an incredible offseason signing so many guys, trading away so many prospects. And, yeah, they're just going to look to make a push at the Dodgers, who have been – I think they've probably won the NL West like 10 years straight now. It's got to be something like that, and they obviously won the World Series last year. Um, but underneath those two teams is a pile of shit in Arizona, San Francisco, and Colorado. Colorado being the hugest piece of shit out of all three of them. So that's that's baseball right there. Let's see what happens. Pakoda, I don't, I don't really expect things to work out the way that they predicted, but we'll see. Do they have a prediction for who's going to win the series? Not the playoffs, no. They just predict okay. standings okay. and like runs scored and that sort of thing. I mean, hey, can we can we make a way too early World Series prediction? Go for it. All right. I mean, obviously, I want the Nationals to win it, but uh, just based off what you were saying here, I'm going to go ahead and put the Padres in. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give them my nod. I I'm going with the I want the Nationals, but I'm going with the Padres. Slam Diego. I like that. Yeah, Fernando Tatis and company. It's gonna be exciting. Fun fact: I actually threw 50 schmeckles on San Diego last year. I think I mean the regular season was only like two months. I threw it threw it on them to win the World Series after month one, and they just couldn't get past the Dodgers. But yeah, San Diego. That's a they got a squad. They just might have to go through the single uh, elimination wild card game, which could be tough. Anything can happen. Mets Yankees World Series. Mets win it all. Battle of New York. Mets bring it home. Put it in Sharpie because that's what I'm going to tattoo it on my arm, actually. Yeah, that sounds like a wet dream of yours. The Yankees, I don't know how to ever handle the Yankees. They always seem super hurt. They go out and they. They got Aaron Judge, who's good, but he doesn't play often. John Carlos Stanton's even, you know, he's good too, but he plays even less. And they bank on them every year. They're like, oh, the Yankees are going to win the AL East because they have these two guys and like some other dudes. And it's like, those guys play maybe like 30 games a year. So we'll see how it shakes out. But the Mets, the Mets, they got a legit team on them this year. For once, yeah. I mean, if they could just stop with all the off-field stuff with 
berating women with pictures and things of that nature. That would that would be amazing, but you know, the Mets will, the Mets front office will be the schmuck of the week this week. There you go. I heard that they actually hired a separate consulting firm to look at how they structure their organization and they're they're sort of like taking a step back and looking at themselves right now. Good for them. It's about time. Good job. The first step in progress is admitting you have a problem. I feel like you kind of got to do that after what came out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of uh, third-party consultants, don't we have an update? Initiating launch sequence. That we do. Now we are going to be joined by Big G for the prized segment, Big G's Betting Bonanza. Welcome, Big G. How's it going, everyone? Uh, yeah, we did get the numbers back, and uh, it's it's looking a little interesting. Um, so in first place, we have uh, Zach right now with the 76.92 winning percentage. Um, and then in second, we have Matt, who is 7-3 uh, with a 70% winning percentage. So definitely a little interesting that Matt has a lower uh, lower threshold because uh, Zach's is uh, ten and three, so a little bit lower. But there, there's the top two, um, and then after that we have uh, I, I'm thirteen and nine at fifty nine point oh nine percent, and then we have Brent at uh, twelve and ten, who's fifty four percent, and then uh, Joe is uh, ten and six. Oh wait, I fucked that up. That's all right. That's all right. You know what? Yeah, I'm taking UConn also. They're uh, they're just an absolute powerhouse. I mean, there's there's no uh, no other way to say it. Joe Joe is 62, percent so Joe is above everyone else. I don't have it filtered, so I was kind of just going off the top. That's all of right. I'll, hey, I'll have my due one of these days. Everyone's gonna respect it. No, it's okay. Joe is uh, I believe Joe is in third. Yeah, so Joe is in third, and then it's me, and then Brent, and then Steve is uh, trailing the pack at 52. percent so uh, sorry to the listeners. That was definitely a lot of numbers, <laughs> but you, str- you struggled through it. Well, they've been waiting so long. Yeah, blame the third-party consultant. Yeah, I mean, we paid a lot of money for that guy, and he just was not worth it. Yeah, the Yelp review was not good. I can say that much. Tony, you got some games for us this week? I do. Should we get into that now, or do you guys want to uh, discuss the, the win percentage a little bit? I'm, I'm a little surprised that Matt's where he is. That's honestly... A good point because uh, I listened back a couple weeks ago and we were definitely. You said yourself, Matt's definitely in last place. So when we looked at the when we looked at the report and he was up in the seventies, I got to say I was impressed. But small scale because he hasn't done as many games as all of us. So take that into consideration. Yeah, I mean he's at ten games total and uh, Zach's at thirteen, and then no one else has less than sixteen with me and Brent having uh 22. So damn. There you go. We're me and me and Brent are just kind of going at it without you guys, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what happened there to be honest. Scheduling conflicts, you know, those those kind of problems. You know, problems with my agent. Right, exactly. Like my agent not talking to yours. Zach and I are actually in the process of suing each other with the same lawyer. And I do want to say, uh, Steve has had two three and weeks, but uh, he's also had an zero and three and a one and three. Week. Need to work so on the consistency. Consistency is not key. Yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, we're gonna just get right into it. Um, we're actually gonna go with the women's game again first. We're gonna go Arizona, who's the three seed and twenty and five, versus UConn, who's twenty eight and one and the one seed. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to take uh, UConn. I think they're going to go all the way. Storied organization for years since we've been watching basketball, women's basketball in particular, because you know we all tune in for every single game. UConn has been the Alabama of women's basketball, year in, year out, just dominating the competition. Zach said this last week. The problem with women's basketball is it becomes sort of a situation with the NBA where all the best prospects go to only the top eight or so schools. So those schools all become loaded, super teams, powerhouse, lots of talent. And UConn is the top, the cream of the crop of that. I'm going to go UConn. All right, Steve, have you made your pick yet? 
I'm a I'm gonna take UConn. Paige uh, Paige Beckers is an absolute bucket. I actually, when Arkansas was getting blown out last night, I turned on the UConn versus Baylor game because it was just a better game, and she was absolutely hooping, hooping. I ain't never ever seen you act like this before. You getting bucket buckets? How you feel? It was a close game, but yeah, I'm I'm going UConn. What are her handles like, Steve? Does she have nasty handles? Nasty handles. She's got a jumper on her too. She can drive. She can finish. Paige Beckers, name name to watch out. All right. Well, now we're gonna switch back over to the uh, the men's side. So on Saturday, April third, we got uh, Houston versus Baylor. We're going straight money line on that one as well. Um, I'm taking uh, Baylor here. I think they've been unstoppable in the tournament so far. Um, and I, to be honest, Oregon State was a lot closer to Houston than I'd like them to be. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking Baylor here. I think that they're going to bring it all the way to the final. I'm going to go with Houston in this. One thing that really stuck out to me in that Oregon State game was how good they are at offensive rebounds. Zach, you said you said it yourself how good they were at rebounding. I think that pays dividends. That guy Sasso was hooping the freshman. He hit like five threes in like the first half. If he I think he took a a nice shot to the head. So if he comes back and he's good to go, then I think he really helps spread out the floor. And they're very physical. So, you know, as long as they don't get too far behind, as long as they stick in the game with Baylor, they're one of the most or if not one of the most athletic teams that can match up against Baylor because Baylor is the most athletic team in the tournament. So I'm going to go with Houston. We'll see what happens. Steve, who you got your last pick besides me? I think these two teams match up really well. They're both very guard oriented. They, uh, you know, they shoot the three. They have really good defenses. Brent brought up a good point. Houston gets a lot of good. Uh, they're really good on the offensive glass, and that's one of the areas Baylor struggles at. One of the few areas they struggle at is defensive rebounding. Um, so that could be something to watch for. But I think Baylor's guards will just outmatch Houston. I think they'll probably, you know, just in the end, just end up winning. So give me Baylor. All right. I'm going to uh, go ahead and take Houston here. I always hate to go go on the same side as Brent, but I'm going to have to do it on this one. Um, I think Houston definitely, as you guys said, can spread the floor, especially if they have uh, that freshman back in. He's going to be a game changer. All right, so uh, the last game we got is actually going to be Gonzaga uh, versus Michigan. So I'm sorry if UCLA ends up pulling it out, but we're going to just go ahead yeah. and go with it. Gonzaga's currently up 31-15 with seven minutes to go in the first, and they are – hitting on all cylinders. So I think Gonzaga's going to win this jump. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Gonzaga as well. I'll just throw it in there. They're definitely balling out this year, and I think they uh, have a good chance to win it all. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm going uh, Michigan here. Uh, no surprise. Like I said, I, I was right about Virginia. Um, I was right about them being not stellar. And uh, I think I'm going to be right about Gonzaga. Uh, not being super great. I mean, getting to the Final Four is phenomenal, but I don't think they're going to get past that. Um, I'm not making a bet um, like Mr. Schwinn did down there, but uh, I, I'm really going to take Michigan on this one. Now he's a fish dad, though, so it ended up being a good thing. That's Everything true. happens for a reason, man. Everything happens for a reason, and now Steve's just embedded into fatherhood. All right, Steve, I believe you're the last pick. Yeah, this uh, saying Gonzaga, this sucks take is really backfiring. Um, I do think it's going to be a close game. I mean, you look at the path Gonzaga's gotten to this point, they haven't played a real team, to me, all year. I hate to say it. I mean, early on in the season, they faced, what, Kansas? They faced who lost in the second round. They got absolutely walloped by USC. They faced uh, Iowa. They beat them by like 12. Okay. Iowa lost to Oregon. They faced West Virginia who lost in the second round. And then other than that, they've been playing West coast conference teams leading up to the tournament. 
Like, I don't know. Their, their resume just doesn't surprise me. They haven't lost or they haven't won by single digits since like December, something crazy like that. So I think it's going to be close, but I still think they pull it off. So Gonzaga. Steve, at this point for you and your subconscious, is it just, do you just want Gonzaga to lose at all? Like, is that considered a win for you if they just lose at any point from here on out? A hundred percent. Well, I mean, here's the thing too. The, even the, even who they played in the tournament, like I, I still don't think they've played anyone. Like I, it's crazy to say. Like, all right, they got a 16 seed. They got an Oklahoma whose star player was out. They had a Creighton who, like Creighton, they lost by like 30 to Georgetown in the Big East final. They're not going to be Gonzaga. And then now they got USC and like, sure, USC's got like the Mobley brothers, but is that enough to take down a team? Not really. Like, I don't know. They haven't really played anymore. Do you think it's a little bit like a Kentucky situation back in 2015 where I I believe they had a pretty simple, simple path to the tournament until they faced Wisconsin. And then it was just kind of like, oh shit, like this is an actual team that stacks up against us. Kentucky did play in a power five conference though. So I think it's a little different. And they had NBA stars. I mean, that was the team with Cat, Devin Booker, like a ton of dudes. I mean, there's there's like maybe two pros on the Gonzaga team. They're well coached though. I like Mark Few. He's a good coach. But I don't know. I just I just don't trust him. So uh, I don't know if I if I misheard or not. Are you going with Michigan on this one? Or? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not crazy. I'm still taking Gonzaga, but it's gonna be close. It's gonna be close. I'm just realizing that this is a prediction game, and I like this, Tony. This is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's what betting is, man. You got to try to beat the house somehow. Get ahead of the game. All right, moving on into our next segment. Guys, I don't know if you heard, but the 49ers made a blockbuster trade over the weekend. The Dolphins traded number three overall pick to the San Francisco 49ers for the number 12 pick, a 2021 third round pick, and a compensation pick for the Robert Sala hiring. First round pick in 2022 and 2023 per sources. So now they are drafting third. Who do you, me and Zach were talking about this earlier. Joe, who do you think that they're going to take at that position? Obviously, it's a quarterback, right? I mean, that's the. I guess that's the thought, right? Um, if we like, let's assume we're, we're going to assume that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first pick. Okay. Um, and then who's, who's the second pick? The Jets? The Jets. Then, you know, if it, if it is a quarterback, then it's got to be um, either Justin Fields or somebody's going to take a risk on like, uh, that quarterback from North Dakota State, Na- Vance, Trey Lance, Lance or Vance, Trey Lance, what about Trey Lance, Lance, yeah, Mac Jones um, or Mac Jones. That's that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say that was that's the other pick. But um, based off of what I've seen, I feel like people are leaning more towards Justin Fields than anybody else. But it's not about what people are feeling. It's all about what the 49ers are feeling with what Kyle Shanahan. Sure, but okay, so let's think what kind of quarterback does Kyle Shanahan thrive with, and that's a mobile quarterback. I think that's not true. Kirk Cousins wasn't a mobile quarterback. Okay, a, a quarterback who can run the play action. No, do, the, do we know if Mac just... Jones can run the play action? I think so. I think so. He's got like that Matt Ryan type build, that Kirk Cousins type build. He can stand in the pocket, mm-hmm. take a take a couple shots and roll out if he needs to. But, I mean, wasn't Kyle Shanahan uh, RG3's coach? You know, Justin Fields isn't just a runner. I mean, he's got a, he's got a cannon. Um, I think that they could absolutely go that way. I mean, th- I feel like there's a reason that Mac Jones isn't spoken about in the same breath as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Well, I saw that uh, Justin Fields ran like a 4-4 um, at his pro day. Yeah, today like blazing um do, do, i mean did we have any report on how he did yeah I, I thought i mean i heard he had a really great day as well i mean i know he showed a lot of good um arm strength definitely downfield he's you know that's where a lot of his strength 
his game is and his ability to throw the long ball. Um, and then running a 4-4-4 four, 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 um, in the 40s was actually, I, I know these are unofficial times, and actually some that's me and Brent were talking about, all these times seem very fast, um, and these are unofficial. Is there a combine, or is there, does it not happen the combine, or are you still, today's the combine? Is this the times that we're supposed to be going on? I mean, I don't know. I, something? I just I, looked it up, and it says Justin Fields is 6-2. Is that? I don't know if that's right. Yeah, you know who? I feel you know like he's shorter than that. You know who's taller no, than I he's thought. He's a pretty big dude. Trey Lance is six four. Wow, I didn't know that. So, I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to get into a little bit. I think the fact that the 49ers traded up to the three spot not only says a lot about the 49ers' plans, but it says a lot about the Jets' plans too, and that they're probably planning on taking quarterback, probably Zach Wilson after his solid pro day, because. 49ers are, were obviously willing to do whatever it took to get up as high as they could. And if the Jets were legitimate about, you know, maybe pulling a Colts move from a couple years ago and flopping picks, moving down, drafting a lineman, possibly sticking it out with Sam Darnold, that would have made a little bit more sense. But the fact that they didn't trade it, they're, they're sticking where they are. Joe Douglas, he's not letting any leaks out. And that's the first time since I've been following the Jets that there aren't just leaks everywhere in the building. So they're keeping it quiet what they're doing, but this basically tips their hand that they're going to take a quarterback. Now it's, is it Zach Wilson? Is it Justin Fields, Mac Jones? Probably Zach Wilson, but I'm, I'm pretty curious to see what happens unless a team offers the Jets something they absolutely can't refuse, which I guess it would have to be more than the 49ers offered the Dolphins in order for them to take it because you can't tell me that the 49ers didn't also offer that to the Jets because they 100% did. I'm also interested to see um, how many trades are made um, during the draft. Often players and trades or draft picks are often traded during the draft because people, you know, the draft doesn't unravel the way that they planned it to. And there's often, you know, opportunity for people to jump up in the draft to get people that they really didn't think were going to be available or also, you know, fall back in the draft with people that they're undervalued. So, um, but quarterbacks seem like a hot commodity. What I saw for the Washington football team at 19 was the most recent mock draft I saw was Devontae Smith coming to us. Um, if we, that happens, that would be absurd. Um, I don't know how likely that's going to happen. I know the Eagles are looking for a wide receiver, if that is correct. Um, I think there's a couple other teams that are looking for wide receivers. Um, I think the Bengals being one. I think that there's been mentioned that they want to reunite Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Um, so if that happens, then maybe your next wide receiver off would be either Waddle or Smith. So 19 could be a possibility. Do we, I mean, do we even want to go after wide receiver with how well we've done in free agency? We've got Curtis Samuel and Adam Humphreys. And I mean, already yeah, well, great. Ca- that, well, it's either that or um, uh, Derrishaw. The left tackle out of Virginia Tech. Who, uh, You'd think so. I yeah. was thinking. Um, I mean, I feel like there are a few linebackers in this draft who we can go after and kind of make sure that our, you know, second level is set. Um, yeah. We did spend some money on these people. And yeah, like, absolutely. I, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, probably do both, right? You could probably get a decent. That's the thing that you could probably get a decent linebacker in the second round, depending on. Well, that's very true. I mean, I've been keeping my eye on this uh, prospect out of uh, Notre Dame, uh, Mm -hmm. number six, the linebacker. I can't pronounce his name. Jeremiah Owusu. Yeah. Um, I mean, watching him play, he he was all over the field. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, Very, he was very long. Um, Like his arms and legs very long. So I could see him kind of roaming around playing middle linebacker or playing uh, maybe a little bit of nickel. Yeah. He's got uh blazing sideline to sideline speed and he finished 2020 with 55 tackles, three force fumbles, 1.5 sacks and one interception. So he's definitely no slouch. I mean, if you play linebacker for Notre Dame, you're a beast. Mm-hmm. Check out like Jalen Smith and, Manti Teo and all them of the past. I actually have Mel Kuyper's 
updated rankings for the 2021 draft here. And I just wanted to read you guys the order of the quarterbacks because I thought it was kind of interesting. Number one's obviously Trevor Lawrence. Kyle Pitts actually jumped up to number two. That's kind of crazy. But the next quarterback is Zach Wilson. He's ranked at number seven. This is total players, so it doesn't go by a position, just players in general. Zach Wilson's number seven. And then we got Mac Jones is 12. Mm. And Trey Lance is 13. So I guess he's got Trey as the bottom of that. But, oh, sorry, I missed it. Justin Fields is number six as well. So Justin Fields is actually one above Zach Wilson in his top rankings. I think Chris Sims a couple month, a month or so ago said that Zach Wilson was number one on his thing. So I'm not yeah, sure, Joe, that, you got a question? Well, that turned a lot of heads. I remember that when uh, Chris Sims said that. Uh, but, uh, so here's a little, here's a little story about me in picking what quarterbacks are going to be good in the NFL through the draft. And I am so bad at it that you can just, you can be 100% sure that if I think this quarterback's going to be good, they're going to, they're going to be awful. If I think they're going to be awful, they're going to have a pretty decent career. Um, <laughs> I like, I remember being so high on Jake Locker. Um, tough. I remember thinking that Christian Ponder was going to take the Vikings to the Super Bowl. Um, I remember thinking Matt Leinart and, and uh, Vince Young were just going to take the NFL by storm. And every year, if I think that the quarterback's going to be good, they're going to be awful. So, um, with that said, Zach Wilson's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time because I don't think he's going to be very good. Uh, I, I just I don't know I just don't trust him. Um, BYU lost to uh, Coastal this year, right? Yes, but they took that game on like two days' notice, so I think that's honestly and you know what. To them. Absolutely, but uh, I mean, lose Coastal was absolutely a great team this year, but BYU was a little cocky going in. All we care about is the W or the L at the end of the game, and they got the L. Exactly. And who would you want as a Jets fan? Who who do you want them to take? I'm kind of at a crossroads because, yes, probably having a mobile quarterback or just someone new in the building would be nice. My original whole thought was you take Pinnell Sewell or you find a way where you move back a pick or two and you take him and then acquire draft picks in the process, possibly stick it out with Sam Darnold. Now, I've had some discussions with my dad. I've kind of looked into it a little bit more, thought about it. I've had some time to sit on it. And, you know, the best way, the blueprint for winning a Super Bowl now is to do it with a quarterback on a rookie contract, right? Or a quarterback like Tom Brady that takes a pay cut. That way you can fill the roster fill the needs wherever you need it, and mm-hmm. you play better than you probably would. At this point with the Jets and Sam Darnold, he's on a contract year, so it's probably just like it, it makes more sense to start over with another quarterback. Now, who I want, that's uh, – I'm not sure because someone like a Zach Wilson comes out every year where it's just Patrick Mahomes, for example, Carson Wentz, people like that where you're just like, who, this guy fucking sucks. This guy's trash. I don't, who, who, I'm not even going to watch about this guy. And then he gets in the league, and you're like, holy shit, this dude's nasty. So probably Zach Wilson, maybe Justin Fields. I would like to see the Jets get someone that's mobile and athletic. I, would, I don't think they're going to take Mac Jones that high. So, you know, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields would be my pick. Maybe even Trey Lance because he's got a fucking cannon. I've watched some highlights of him, and he bombs the ball. But Joe, I mean, that'd be. Well, oh, I'm saying that'd be cool to see. Uh, how tall is Josh Allen? He's like six five, right? Six six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those, those two tall ass quarterbacks going against each other twice a year—that'd be fun. There's the same shit. My dad was really high on Josh Allen, and I was like, that fucking guy played for Wyoming. He sucks. He's gonna have shoulder problems. Like he's not shit. All he can do is bomb the ball. I think Josh Allen can do a little bit more than throw the ball very far. <laughs> Joe, what I was going to ask you before, though, so you said that whatever you pick, whatever you think is going to happen to a quarterback, the opposite happens. So does right. that mean for RG3, 
You thought he was going to be bad. He became good halfway through. You switched your thought <laughs> process, and that's why he got um, hurt. No, actually, I was very high on RG three uh, all through the process because I knew that they the, the Redskins were going to pick him. So, um, you know, it was it was kind of a you, you got to be you got to go with your boy. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't really down on him at all. Um, Which is why he probably got hurt, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, it was, uh, it's uncanny how, how wrong I am about quarterbacks. Well, um, coming up to the draft, we'll have you do a little bit. We'll have you do a quick, I'll do like, my quarterback analysis. Exactly. So we got it on, <laughs> we got it on paper. That'd be so cool if you were actually wrong on one of them and they ended up becoming like the MVP or something. That's what I'm saying. Um, I mean, to be honest, I remember looking at Justin Herbert getting uh, getting drafted, being like, "Oh my God, seriously, Chargers, you're going to replace Philip Rivers with this guy?" Well, I actually liked Dude, Herbert I, coming out. I wish we were doing the podcast then because it, it would have been on on recording on on tape. But I I Herbert was my favorite quarterback coming out after I saw the Wisconsin Oregon Rose Bowl game. I was sold on him. He was only their starter because someone literally injected Tyrod Taylor in like the long or whatever, whatever <laughs> they, happened there. They tried to, somebody tried to kill Tyrod. Yeah. At, I would sue if I was Tyrod for sure. Shout he is. Saying. He absolutely is. Yeah. Tony, he got lucky getting into the starting lineup and then won offensive rookie of the year. <laughs> I mean, Hey, sometimes you're put in the right spot and you can do well, but all I'm saying is before the season, the coach didn't see it. So. Well, that coach is also fired. So yeah, that was Anthony Lynn, <laughs> who has learned everything he knew from the Jets. So that's not saying much. Hey, I see. We'll see how Herbert does. If he comes back and proves me wrong, we'll see. I don't think Herbert's that good. So proves you wrong. He already did take. prove you wrong. You son of a bitch. Let's whack this cocksucker and be done with it. Well, you know, one season doesn't make you a great, great NFL player. I, 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 no, I don't. I don't believe Tony's right about Justin okay. Herbert. I think that he's. I think that he's absolutely good. Thank um, you. Exactly my point. Joe thinks he's good. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's it's just coming out of the draft. It, it has it has no effect on their career once the uh, once they are past the rookie year. Um, <laughs> that was good. I'm excited to see what the Jets do too. I'm excited to see your report. And because as soon as March Madness ends and that we got that little time right before. Uh, the NBA playoffs, we're going to dive deep into the mock drafts and the draft and analyzing all these players ripping their lives to shreds. So be on the lookout for that. I do. I do just want to throw one quick little, uh, little draft note at you guys. What are you thinking for the wide receivers? It looks like we got Jalen Waddle, Jamar chase and uh, Devonte Devonte Smith all in the first round. Who are we going with there guys? Um, I am going to steer away from, Devonte Smith, just because he measured in at one seventy five, um, which is literally the amount of one of my legs. Um, so I don't, I don't trust his size. Um, I'm a little nervous about uh, Jalen Waddle's injury, um, him coming back too soon. I, I don't know. Uh, I think the most solid pick and the one that you. It may be a no. It's it's a kind of a can't miss. Uh, Jamar's chase. I mean, if he's anything like Justin Jefferson, uh, he's gonna he's gonna be awesome. So I'm going Jamar Chase here. Joe, I agree with you a hundred percent. Devonte Smith. I think if he can maintain or navigate the injuries, he can be a very, very good player. I think his problem is going to be staying on the field. I don't think production on the field is going to be his issue. Jalen Waddell, the injury kind of concerns me too, but I'm not as worried about him. I I think I would have him ranked a little bit higher than Devontae, but Jamar Chase, 100% the best receiver coming out. I think we all forgot because he opted out of this year just how good this man was. Last year, he was considered the top dog in college football. He was better than Justin Jefferson on his own team. He overshadowed Justin Jefferson. We never even knew how good Justin Jefferson really was until he got to the NFL because of how good Jamar Chase was. 100% the best receiver coming out. 
Yeah, I got to agree with you guys there. I think Jalen Waddle definitely is a little scary just because of his injury issues, and Devontae is just way too skinny for the league. But he could he if he bulks up a little bit, he could go down the slot. So we'll see. I don't want to judge a man just on being too small, you know, because guys produce on the field. Like, OBJ isn't that big, for example. Like, guys don't need to be huge. I just think the problem is going to be staying healthy and staying on the field. I really don't think, because he's a smooth route runner, he's got one of the best releases in college football. So if he can transfer that over, which I'm sure he will, I think he's going to be very good. But, dude, like, if he gets clobbered coming over the middle, like, there's just so many things i think it's gonna negatively affect him so i hope he does good i really does i mean I really do. uh, odell is 198 pounds um you know he's he's got almost 25 pounds on him so um you know the the lightest wide receivers are tyreek hill at 185 pounds so i mean that's another 10 pounds of muscle that Devontae smith just doesn't have so i mean Maybe, I mean, you, you, I feel like you can get away with that stuff if you're KD in the NBA, you know, I mean, eventually you'll bulk up, but you're still kind of a, you know, you're a hooper. I mean, he's, he's KD, but in the NFL, I feel like it's all about, I mean, it's all, it's, it's a collision game. It's not a contact sport. It's a collision game. And you, you have to build your body up to take those hits and 175 just isn't enough. Do you think him bulking up is going to take away like, his speed, which is like one of the things that makes him elite, like speed and route running. Do you think it's going to sort of hinder that? Um, if he doesn't do it correctly, yes. Uh, I think that if he, I mean, this guy is going to be a top 20 pick at the very least. Okay. Um, at the very least, he's going to be a top 20 pick. Teams are going to invest in getting him NFL ready. So I think that it's, they're going to bulk him up correctly. It's just, you know, I hope that they do, I guess. So moving on into our last and final segment, we actually do have a schmuck of the week, guys, and it's the NFL. Why, you may ask? Because they moved to a 17-game schedule. Mm. How do you guys feel about this? Initial thoughts. So, Pretty sweet as a fan. Exactly. Well, you know, the thing is... It's terrible it could, for the players. It could have mm-hmm. huge ramifications on fantasy football... Because I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure the complete details of it, but I don't think all players have to play 17 games. So if it's up to, you know, me and my teams in playoff contention, am I going to play that extra game for a play for a paycheck? That's basically a bonus. Probably not. Could you imagine if you're like in a championship game in fantasy football and you're in your, like your best player opts out, of the last game because of that. I mean, that would be heart wrenching. Well, that happened. I'm not already. sure if they're yeah. I'm not sure if they're allowed to opt out. I think it's literally just an additional game. Did they remove a preseason game? It's so it's now three games per preseason and then there's seventeen games. So it's an additional AFC versus NFC matchup based on division standings from the prior season. I actually don't mind that. I think that's fair. Four preseason games was stupid. Yeah, you didn't need that many. I mean, yeah, it's like, oh, you know, give the guys who are trying to make the team a shot. But, you know, I feel like for the most part, you don't really need to trot out the guys who are already going to make the team for that. Like, I mean, you, you three games is plenty of time to like go through, you know, mm-hmm. get your regular players reps and then see the guys who you want to see out there. Like four games always just seemed like one too many. Well, there wasn't a preseason this year. And didn't you guys see how many injuries there were in the beginning? Dudes were getting hurt left and right. I mean, obviously, they have three games. They have a little bit more time to prepare. But I think adding the extra game in general is just going to do nothing but leave more room for injuries that's going to hurt the better teams down the line, you know, like in the playoffs and, like, when they actually need these players, they're not going to be available. Also, the Pat McAfee show was talking about it. 10-7 and seven sounds a hell of a lot worse than 10-6. and six. Just saying. They I mean, did already announce the uh, the matchups though, and they're pretty sweet. Packers, yeah. Chiefs, Seahawks, Steelers, Ravens, Rams, Bills football team. Yeah, Washington's playing the Bills. I'm like, yo, that's awesome. Those are my two favorite teams. Are they still going to be the football team, man? That's crazy. They're going to keep. Ugh, yeah, I don't know. Just for one more year. 
They were saying they might keep it just permanently. That'd be ridiculous. That'd be stupid. That's just lazy, lazy marketing on their part. Well, Matt was saying, Matt was taking it a different way and saying it's almost like a satire and kind of like a fuck you to the NFL. Like, oh, you want us to change our name? We're the football team, huh? You like that? Yeah, I mean, they held on to the other name for so long. They're already giving, giving a big F you to the NFL anyway. Fucking Steelers yeah. an asshole. Yeah, not a good dude. Isn't he trying to buy out all the minority? He already did. He, he already did. did. Yeah. Oh, shit. Rumors are that he think- only did that so he could get the full payout from Amazon, though. Bezos, not oh, Amazon. Amazon. Sorry. He's going to sell Sorry. it to uh, Bezos. To Bezos. Those are the rumors. I mean, we we talked about this on a uh, past podcast, I think. Um, You know, if uh, if Bezos buys the uh, the Washington football team, the other owners are able to say no. Right. About Dan selling the team. So if Bezos is going to do this, he has to get all the other owners behind it and. I think that they could make a deal about like Amazon shipping out all of the official NFL licensed gear at a discount price, which is going to save the teams a shit ton of money. This is exactly what I was trying to say that time we brought it up on the podcast and everyone wasn't really seeing it. Then I was saying he can bring things to the table that will save everybody money, make everybody money, benefit Mm -hmm. the league in general and the league and the fans. I mean, they can, they'll be able to sell, you know, items for less. On Amazon, yeah, yeah. They won't have the third-party fee or whatever. Right. And now you can watch the games on Amazon Prime. That's pretty cool, yeah. So I, I think it's going to have, if he does end up buying, becoming an owner in the NFL, that would have huge benefits to the entire league and everybody and all the fucking selfish owners making their own money and lining their pockets because at the end of the day that's all that they really want you know right yeah i mean there's already ties like amazon as you said already has games on there so i think it's definitely a realistic step for bezos to just say fuck you and just take all take all the ownership of the team yeah and that would be sick money so he can definitely do it do you think he would uh do you think he wouldn't stop at washington he just slowly start taking over the rest of the league. All the teams owned by Jeff Bezos. I could the definitely National Bezos League. I could the definitely Amazon see him league. getting like an NBA team and a MLB team after if he likes it. He gets his feet wet with the Redskins or sorry, football team. Oops. Uh, and just Canceled. he likes it. Yeah, sorry. The uh, the Nationals uh, owner is like ninety five. So if he wants to stay in the DC area, that'd be a pretty easy target. I give. Uh, learner, Ted Learner. I don't know how old he is, but he, he is up there. He's up there, yeah. What if Jeff Bezos bought the Washington football team and then the Baltimore Ravens and then was just like, we're combining teams. <laughs> now we're just Maryland. That'd be sweet. You can get Lamar. Just all Maryland of a sudden, Red just like, Ravens. Could he do that? Red Ravens. If he bought two teams and just combined them, just be like, yep, you guys They're are one really team now. No Sorry. There's literally no, no way. Have an A team and a B team. <laughs> J- JV and varsity. Just literally makes his own like B league, like to have like his development league. <laughs> Damn. The future of the NFL. Jeff Bezos. We know, we know you're listening or one of your robots is listening. So. There's eight steps out of us already. Shit, I got an Alexa next to me. Should I unplug it? The National Bezos League. All right, that was, I think, everything we have on the slate for today. Um, some good stuff. We talked about a little bit of March Madness. Currently 30 to 49, Gonzaga. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. You know, Zach threw in. basketball going all the way. Oh, yeah, who they playing next? We got Texas right now. We're up like 15 in the third quarter. Lady Cox. Go Cox. Yeah, we talked about some NHL talk. Zach and Joe really helped us out with that. Steve, this is you know this is why we brought in the big guns. Steve, we knew we had baseball coming around the corner. You know we can talk about baseball, but not as in depth as the man Steve himself. You know he was firing off stats left and right. 
the NFL obviously was the schmuck of the week. You know, moving to a 17-game schedule. Well, I'm curious to see how that plays out. And, you know, we had Big G's betting bonanza. We finally, finally had the third-party consultant get the report back to us. And what do you got for us, buddy? Should the uh, schmuck of the week be the container ship guy? Ooh. <laughs> Not really sports-related, but that dude really shit the bed. Wait, I, I do not know this story. I need to hear this. What? You haven't seen Tony. Where I've seen been? all the memes. I've seen all the memes, but I haven't seen a single uh, explanation about what's going on. Oh, you, oh the I'll Suez Canal? The Suez Canal we're talking about? Spark, yeah, so yeah. this dude, oh, apparently I, I before, so yeah, he got his ship stuck in the Suez Canal. Apparently there were high winds, whatever, and he got it stuck in like halted global trade. Like that's one of the most vital canals in terms of global trade. In the world, and he just halted it forever. All these ships back up, like the radar of all the ships that he just basically ruined all their what days. Was it too. user error? Apparently, apparently, uh, I think partially. It was partially conditions, but like you know, it's it's windy there a lot. You know, no one else has gotten stuck in a while at least. But uh, apparently, he was drawing. So you know, how they have the maps of the ships. Apparently, he was doing a uh, dick like shape. <laughs> Before he would, when he was like waiting in line, he was like doing the balls and then the shaft. <laughs> so then it came out like that in his little trip log, and then he went in and got stuck. How that much of the dick hilarious. did he finish? I mean, they could be waiting a while before they get sent in. I'm assuming he finished the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that guy's definitely the schmuck of the week. Do we have his name? Uh, maybe they didn't release his name. Yeah, Suez Canal, schmuck yeah, of the week. Uh, you know who you are, buddy. You know who you are, buddy. That's tough. We're just, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and go with that. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a tough call for that guy. Well, we're going to wrap up the show here, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Shout out to Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Download the app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You know, see if you can do better than us, which you can't. So just keep listening. Guys, you got anything else you want to say before we uh, deuces out? Bye, Top Shot. <laughs> bye, bye, Top, top just, Shot. Just always, just buy Top Shot. Because I've talked about it, Brent's talked about it. Zach's gotten like thousands of dollars worth of fucking shit off off packs. Like, if you're not, if you're not yeah. at least looking at it, like you're a schmuck. You're the schmuck of the week. So, Steve, that's all, that's all I got to say. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll continue this conversation next week, guys. Because I'm gonna be here. You're gonna be here. The trains are moving. We just got to get on. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. We ain't that boy. Going nowhere. We ain't.